Hey, Bible scholars, it's day 28 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm honored that you do that every day. Thanks for uh, sharing this podcast uh, so frequently. There's more and more people listening all the time and tuning in. Thanks for getting God's Word out there. I hope and pray that it's strengthening your faith. I know that that is happening for me as we take this tour together through the Gospel of John. We're up to John chapter 13, verses 18 to 38. Let's dive right in because uh, the plot is thickening now. This is a story about love and betrayal at their highest and lowest forms. Jesus uh, says this in verse 21, this key verse, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. John's gospel points out that he was deeply troubled, which is the same phrasing at the beginning of John chapter 12. Jesus knows that the time has come. The disciples are a buzz. They don't know who it is. And so they start to ask one another, is it you, who, do you know who this is? And, and what does it even mean that Jesus is going to be betrayed? They don't know. They've got way more questions than answers. So Peter, <laughs> who is just great because he says the things that we're thinking so often, and he does the things that maybe we would do. He goes to, to the disciple who's the beloved disciple, the disciple that Jesus loved, Most Bible scholars, and I'm convinced this is true, believe that this is John himself. And so John has a unique perspective. And John takes Peter's question to Jesus, who is it, Lord? John responds only, or Jesus responds only to John. So only John knows what Jesus knows. Peter doesn't know. Judas himself doesn't know what Jesus is saying to John. And it's this, it's the one The one who's going to betray me is the one to whom I give the bread that I dip in the bowl, which was first century Middle Eastern tradition that if you were at a meal like this and you dipped your bread in the bowl and gave it to somebody else, it was a gesture of the highest levels of love. Oh, that's rich. Jesus is reaching out with the deepest and highest levels of love for Judas, even though he knows Judas is going to betray him. The great Bible scholar N.T. Wright, who we admire a lot around here in this church and agree with almost everything that he writes, tells a story about a sheep slaughterhouse in England. And apparently this is true of sheep slaughterhouses and cattle slaughterhouses all around the world, that somehow instinctively the sheep know that as they're led to the slaughterhouse, it's a place of fear and a place to uh, resist by any means possible. And so the people who run the slaughterhouses learned along the way that it's good to have one sheep that's there, that's used to the smell, that's used to the environment, and has lost uh, fear of, of that slaughterhouse. And so that sheep is seen by the other sheep, and the other sheep see as that sheep leads them to their death, to their slaughter. And N.T. Wright says what they call that sheep who leads the other sheep to the slaughter, well, they name that sheep Judas, the betrayer. It's Judas who's going to ultimately betray Jesus to the authorities who are going to have him arrested and put on trial. And it's all going to happen on this night in the midst of the darkness. Remember, darkness and light always means something in John's gospel. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant when he told Judas, hurry and go and do what you're going to do. Since Judas was their treasurer, some of the disciples thought that Jesus was telling Judas to go and pay for the food or give some money to the poor, which is a quick aside tells us that Jesus was used to saying, give that money to the poor that we've got. So Judas left at once, verse 30, going out into the night. 
Every time John's gospel mentions light or darkness, it's worth noting. John wants us to see something here right away from the first verses of his gospel where he says, the light of Jesus Christ is the life of this world and the light shines in the darkness and, and the darkness can't extinguish it. Or John, or Jesus saying in John chapter uh, 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. Or chapter 9 verse 5, I'm the light of the world. Or opening the eyes of, of a man who was born blind so that he can see the light. And so I lit this candle to remind us of the rich symbolism of light and darkness in John's gospel. And sure enough, right on cue, here goes G- Judas out into the cover of, night, of the night of the darkness while Jesus, the light of the world, remains in the upper room. There's hatred, there's darkness, there's betrayal, there's love. When, G- when Judas leaves, Jesus addresses his disciples, and this will be the beginning of several chapters of Jesus' final words to his disciples, but he begins these discourses, these famous discourses with his disciples, as they're called, with a new commandment. Verse 34, I'm giving you a new commandment. This is in the upper room at the Last Supper. It's the day we, we call Maundy Thursday as Christians today that we celebrate and remember this Last Supper. Maundy's from the Latin word that means mandate, so it's Mandate Thursday, Maundy Thursday, Commandment Thursday, a new commandment, a new mandate, which is love each other. You could say, if you know your Bible, that's not new. Leviticus says love one another. That's the old Mosaic law. Yeah, yeah, but it's new. It's a new covenant. It's a new kind of love because Jesus is saying you can't just love people religiously. In other words, you can't just love the people who love you. You can't just love the people who agree with you. You love the people who betray you. You love the people who deny you. You love the people who disagree. You you love the people who the world says are your enemies. That's radical love. That's a new commandment. And by this, Jesus says, it will prove to the world that you're my disciples because you will be swimming upstream in a downstream world. You'll be cutting against the grain. You'll stand out. You, 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 people will say, That's, that, there's something different about you because you're the one who loves everyone always, not just the people who've earned it and deserve it. Love people the way I've loved you because Jesus loves us even when we don't deserve it. He loves us. He's washed the feet of Judas, he, his betrayer. He washed the feet of Peter, his denier, and he knew they were going to do it, but he washed their feet anyway. He didn't hold it against them. He didn't play a mind game with them. All he did was offer them love. That's grace. Grace means we get what we don't deserve, and we don't get what we do deserve. Jesus does this for us, and he carries on this story right into the darkness of the night, into the chaos that's going to ensue, the fear that's going to well up in the disciples. He moves forward on this mission for one reason and one reason only, because he loves you, because he loves me, because he loves his disciples. He loves his betrayer. He loves his denier. He doesn't like our sin. He doesn't bless our sin, but he loves us. Do that, Jesus says. That's the new commandment. Do for others what I do for you. By this, it'll prove to the world that you're different, that you're my disciples, that you're going my way, the better way. But you can't go with me now. I'm only going to be with you a little while longer, Jesus says. And Peter's freaking out. He says, Lord, where are you going? 
Jesus says, you can't go with me. You'll follow me later, Peter. Peter says, but why can't I come now, Lord? I'm ready to die for you. If you're going to be betrayed at a level that is going to lead to your death, because that's what it sounds like, then I want to step in and, and, and be the sacrifice on your behalf. Jesus responds, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you'll deny three times that you even know me. Now the plot is really thickening. Jesus knows. Peter knows, I think, deep down that Jesus knows. It's going to be a long night for Peter. While it's still dark, he will deny Jesus three times. Stay tuned. That we won't read about for another five chapters, but it's coming. But the sun's going to come up too. That'll reveal to Peter what he's done. That will start to put him on the road to healing and reconciliation. Love one another the way I've loved you. When I was in seminary in the summers, I worked at a public golf course in the Chicago area. And long story, a lot shorter, Gail Sayers, the Hall of Fame running back for the Chicago Bears, came out at the, to the Brian Piccolo tournament that we were hosting at this course. Uh, a lot of the Bears players came out. Coach Ditka was there. Jim McMahon was there. Walter Payton was there. And Gail Sayers came out. It was a big deal Gail Sayers was there because Gail Sayers was the roommate to Brian Piccolo that this tournament was named after. Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers famously had their story told in the made-for-TV movie called Brian's Song about racial barriers coming down, about how they, they forged a, a real genuine friendship in, in the midst of a racially divided culture of, of the 1960s and how it... Um, still rings true for us today. You want to know what motivated Gail Sayers in that friendship and probably Brian Piccolo too? Christian love. Gail Sayers was very open and would speak frequently about how he put Jesus Christ first and others second and himself third. Love. Gail Sayers walked into the pro shop that day where I was working and he says, who's driving me out to the 14th tee? He was only going to be able to play a few holes and then he had to run off to another event. And I said, that's me. I was so excited. I got picked to drive Gail Sayers in the golf court out to, out to the 14th tee. So he says, well, let's go. He grabs his bag. He grabs another, this bag's coming too, right? I don't know how he knew, but he grabbed it. It was sitting there. It was my golf clubs. I said, Mr. Sayers, please let me carry your clubs and mine too. This is my job. I'm here to serve you. He goes, ah, that's, don't, don't, I don't play those games. Let's just go. I'll carry your clubs. And the whole way out to the 14th tee, all he wanted to know, I wanted to know about him, but he kept asking questions about me. Tell me about you. Tell me about what you do. Oh, you're, you're in seminary. You're going to be a pastor. That's great. Tell, tell me about these things. Most humble guy. Didn't have to be. Most humble guy. It left an impression on me. That's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of love Peter will get back to. That's the kind of love Judas walked away from. What about you? Bask in the light and the glow of that love, even if you feel like you're in the darkness these days. Because God's light, well, the darkness can't overcome it. We'll see you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Bye.